I'm very thankful that we are able to do this over Zoom this morning. Uh, reminds me of those days in um, pandemic where we did this for, for a few, few months. But let's turn to the text today. The birth of Christ, the prediction of it, comes from Matthew chapter 1. And let me read this for us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the one who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place in order that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which it translated means, God with us. And Joseph got up from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Amen. This Monday, past Monday, I was thinking about what theme, from what text should I uh, preach from on this Christmas day. But on that particular Monday, uh, I was in a very stressful situation. And um, as I was praying about that, I was thinking about just Christmas message and what would be the most blessed news for me from the early chapters of the Gospels. And I thought to myself immediately, Emmanuel, God with me, God with us. That would be the good news for me. So I came to this text and I want to share with you a few things uh, that I've meditated. The main body here is the angel. Angel shows up and he speaks to Joseph in his dream about what is happening and what he should be doing. So we are going to look at verse 20 through 23. Uh, but ultimately, I want to tie verse 21 and 23. But let's, let's think about from verse 20. Angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph. When you think about this from Joseph's perspective, wouldn't you say he was in a very stressful time? They were engaged, but they found out she was with child. And probably he asked her, how come 
are you with a child? And when you look at the Gospels, do you know where this um, prophecy is given? It is not in all the Gospels, but only in Matthew and Luke. So you have to look at it together. Look at them together. So in Luke, it is Gabriel who speaks to Mary about the future, how she will conceive. This is probably a little later because they found out she was with child. So uh, probably Mary answered him saying, you know, angel showed up. An angel told me that I would be with a child by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, how many people could believe that news? So verse 19 says he was a righteous man, a good man. So he simply wanted to separate from Mary. So for Joseph, this is a very troubling time, very stressful time. His love is at stake, his future is at stake, but also his reputation is at stake. It's a small town, so everybody knows each other, and suddenly this Mary is with a child before they got married. So he probably was going through a very, very difficult time at this moment. But an angel showed up in his dream, and the very first word that this angel says to him is what? Look at verse 20. What's the first word? He says, Joseph. Now, I, I take it in this way. You could just skip it. You, we know this is Joseph. But at the time, as you know, nobody really had a photo, picture. So it would be a really a sad thing if Andrew shows up in his dream and says, um, Are you Joseph? Um, open your eyes. Let me see your face. That would be a, a comical thing. But as soon as he shows up, he addresses him by name, Joseph. And immediately I was thinking, wow, God knows this man by name. And you and I, we are children of God. But we are not nameless children of God. God knows your name. God knows my name. God knows Joseph here. So he says, Joseph is a significant thing. It says, Son of David, because Christ will come from the line of David, tribe of Judah. And he says, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. You see, in this first section, this angel does not go straight to the point of business. It's all about Jesus. No. Before this angel says that, he addresses Joseph in his own situation. Joseph, you are really not important in this, in this scene. You are nobody. Mary is important because she is carrying the baby. And what's really important is Jesus. He does not say. So immediately we understand the grace and love of God toward this man, Joseph, who is really suffering at this time. That's love of God and that's grace of God. That's very comforting. So even in this Christmas season, 
you and I, we have plenty of things to worry about. We are under stress. But I want you to know, based upon this text, that God knows you by name. God calls you by name. And He says to all of us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. So in this case, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And it says, for the one who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So we know this. Conception by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 21. And he continues, the messenger, the angel continues, and he says this, 21, And she will bear a son. He knows. He's a messenger. It, it, it will be a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. And we'll stop and think about the name Jesus at this time. If you have watched the movie, Passion of Christ, do you remember the whole movie was spoken in Aramaic? Do you know what they called Jesus? How they called Jesus in that movie? If I remember correctly, they, they called Jesus Yeshua. That's right. So Jesus is a, a Greek version of Old Testament name. So Jesus' Old Testament name or Hebrew name is Joshua Yehoshua. That's the combination of two words. Yahweh, Yah plus Hosea, that is salvation. So Jesus' name, the meaning of it is Yahweh, but Yah is salvation. In Greek, it is Jesus, Jesus. So you shall call his name Jesus. Or in the meaning of it is Yahweh is salvation. Yah, shortened name of Yahweh. Yah is salvation. Why? Because for He will save His people from their sins. Now verse 22 is Matthew speaking. This is not an angel speaking, but Matthew 20, 22, verse 22 is Matthew. Inspiration of the Holy Spirit in that inspiration, he says this. Now all this took place in order that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet whom? Who is, who is he quoting from? Isaiah. Would be fulfilled saying, and this is quotation from Isaiah 7.14, says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So let's tie that together today. What the angel had said just now in verse 21. I was thinking, what is the main miracle here? Miracle really here is the virgin conception. So if I had a chance to ask this angel, I would like to ask him, how? How did God become a man? How did God, Son of God, emptied Himself and took a form of a slave and became uh, a man? I want to know that. How? Virgin birth, virgin conception. 
But the main body of the revelation from the angel is not that. He simply says, is of the Holy Spirit. But the main point of the revelation or instruction or command to Joseph is verse 21. She will bear a son, and you, Joseph, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So verse 21 is the main part. So the angel is mainly concerned about who this baby is and what he is going to do. That's the main part. So by insisting upon the name, the angel is saying a few things. He, this baby, is not merely your baby. His origin is from antiquity, from eternity, Micah 5.2. Therefore, the privilege of naming comes from heaven above. You do not have authority to name this baby. Rather, it is given from above, and you will name this baby Jesus. Why is that? Because this is not your baby. This is the Son of God coming from heaven. So God has the authority to name this baby. Second point is this. This angel continues the Old Testament tradition where the name of God is self-revelation of God Himself. Many names are given in the Old Testament for the babies. But for human babies, it is usually about what God will do in the future. But as far as name of God is concerned, what is that? It reveals who God is. So, in third point, Mary's child shall be called Jesus. Yahweh is salvation. Why? It's a self-revelation. It's not simply naming the baby. It is a self-disclosure of God Himself through this, this baby. What is that? Because He is Yahweh. Jesus' name means that, but we should not shy away from the fact that this baby is Yahweh. So it is Yahweh coming in human flesh. So He is Yeshua, Yahoshua. Yahweh is salvation. So, fourthly, what He will do, He will save His people from their sins. What He will do comes from who He is, that He is Yahweh in human flesh. Now, let's tie that with Isaiah seven fourteen that Matthew is quoting in verse 23. Monday, as I was thinking about this passage, I thought to myself, the main body was about verse 21. He will save His people from their sins. And if I am going to quote a verse from the Old Testament to back it up, what the angel just said in verse 21, wouldn't you, wouldn't I quote from something like atonement, like Leviticus 17 and verse 11, for the life of a creature is in the blood, and it is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. Because the main revelation was verse 21. He will save 
his people from their sins. And logically speaking, the verse that comes to my mind would be something like that. And he is going to save his people from their sins by giving himself as an atonement for God. But from, but from Matthew's perspective, he is quoting from Isaiah 7.14. And it gives us a fuller picture of what this Matthew's gospel, this story is all about. Let me read verse 23 again for us. This is quoting from Isaiah 7.14. And today, when you have time, you could go back and read Isaiah 7 and 8 to see this passage in its original context. But anyhow, here in verse 23, it says this, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. That we understand. That's exactly what is happening in Matthew 1 and Luke 1. A virgin, unmarried woman, virgin will Give birth. That is the that is the Isaiah. That is Matthew one. That is Luke one. But what's interesting is the second half of that verse. It says this: "Shall bear a son, and they shall call his name what? Emmanuel, God with us." This past Monday, I, was, I told you I was in a, a very stressful situation and I thought to myself, you know, good news for me is God with me. That would be, that would be the good news for me. This angel spent a lot of time explaining what this baby is all about in verse 21. So let's tie verse 21 and verse 23 together. Conclusion that we could draw from this is this. The full picture is this. The arrival of this baby Messiah is the proof that God is with us. Yahweh is here. That's the first one. But also, most significantly, this is the conclusion that we could draw. Verse 21, salvation. He came for what? To save his people from their sins is not the end. God with us is the end for which Christ came and lived, obeyed, and died, and was raised. See, that's the full picture of this birth of Christ story. We often think about Jesus as the gift of God for verse 21. She will bear a son. You shall call his name as Jesus. Why is that? Because this Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. So we say, that's right. That's the gift. That's the gift. Jesus is gift to us. So when we believe in Jesus, we go to heaven to save us from our sins. That's the gift. But from Matthew's perspective, it is not simply that Jesus came to save us from our sins. That is that. But that is not the end of the story. By quoting Isaiah 7.14, it talks about another name. Another name is this, virgin birth, virgin conception of Christ. It is so that. Jesus, yes, He came to save us from our sins. But ultimately, why did He do that? So that 
God can be with us. What is the grand vision of the Bible? What is the grand vision of the entire redemptive history? I'm just going to quote 2 Corinthians 6, 16. That is quoting Leviticus 26, 12. What is the purpose? The grand purpose of the entire redemptive history It is this. I will be their God and they will be my people. But it's not simply that. It begins in this way. I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. That is the purpose of the entire redemptive history. What is it? It is not simply God saves us from our sins through Jesus Christ. That is that. But for God to dwell within us, among us, God had to remove our sins from us so that this holy God could tabernacle among us and to be with His people. That is why Jesus came. You see, that's the full picture. It is not simply chapter 1 verse 21. He will save His people from their sins. Yes. For what purpose? From Isaiah, God with us. That's the purpose, the grand purpose. So let's draw a few conclusions from this together. Jesus, Yeshua, Yehoshua, Yahweh is salvation. That's Jesus. That's why He came. But Isaiah also says, it means God with us. So that God could be with us. So that God could dwell in us and walk among us. That God will be our God and we will be His people. That's why Jesus came. First one that we could learn from this is this. What is deeply comforting to us is His fatherly love for us, His children. Yes, God loves us, but Bible often talks about the love for God. God the Father in this case. We, of course, Jesus had love for us. Holy Spirit loves us. But listen to a couple of verses. The uh, Trinitarian benediction, it distinguishes in this way. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of God, in this case, God means God the Father. Love is attributed to the Father. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. What about John 3.16? For Holy Spirit so loved the world, does it say? For Jesus so loved the world, does it say? No, it says, for God so loved the world. This, in this case, God is God the Father. That He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yes, we do not want to divide the three persons. But the fountain of salvation lies with the Father in His love. 
So what I learned from this Matthew's Gospel and Matthew's inspiration, quoting from Isaiah, is God the Father's intense desire to be with His children. You see, that's the point. That's the point of Matthew verse 21, 22, 23. It is not simply that God says, I am going to save my people, and why don't we put them into some, some place called heaven. Let's save them. Let's send Jesus and save them and put these people into heaven. That's not what's happening. What's happening is, let's send Jesus Christ to save them from their sins so that I can be with my people. If we do not see this, we could see Jesus simply as the gift for us. Yes, it is for us, but it does not end with us. We don't want to use Jesus as some kind of stepping stool and say, Oh, through Jesus I go to heaven. That's how normally we think as Jesus. Jesus is gift. Why? Because Jesus saves us. Well, and then when I go to heaven. That's how we often think about Jesus as gift. But from this text we learn from God's perspective, it is so that God could be with us. Heavenly Father will remain with us for all eternity. That's heaven from God's perspective. So let us take comfort in that. God wants to stay and dwell with us. Second point is this. Just think about Emmanuel and what that means. Im means with. Nu is us. El is God. So with us God. God with us. When you think about that word, Emmanuel, God with us, we are here, but God is there. But God came down from heaven to us, so God is with us here and now. There is the movement. It is not come up. It's not come to me. Just fly up to heaven and come to me. It is God in His love and grace condescending to our level. God with us. There's a movement and there is that gospel. Emmanuel in and of itself is the gospel. Humility of Christ, love of God the Father enabled this. Third point is this. How do you know that God is with you? In our, in our stressful times, we wonder whether or not God is with us. So how do you know that God is with us, with me personally, with you personally? How do you know? What is clear in, from this text is this. It is coming of this Messiah in human form, and they, he shall call his name Jesus, and that is Emmanuel, God with us. How do I know that God is with me? By knowing Jesus, you know that God is with you. You see, God with us is not something that can be verified by the circumstances. How do I know God is with me? You are under great stress. How do you know God is with, God is with you? Probably you are thinking, if God is with me, I will not be in this place first in the, in, in the first instance. I don't have to be in this 
situation if God is with me. But that's not how we should be thinking because here in this case, Emmanuel is tied to Christ the person. So for us to be sure of Jesus, of God being with us, we should be asking the question whether or not I am in Christ or not. To the degree that you are sure that you are in Christ, you could be sure that God is with you, you see. So don't go chase after any other evidences in the world, whether it is your feeling, whether, whether it is the things that are going well or not so well. All those evidences are secondary. It cannot prove to you that God is with you at this precise moment. Rather, you and I should be asking the question, Do I know Christ? Am I in Christ? Then because Jesus is Emmanuel, the proof that God is with you, with us, we could be sure that this great triune God is with us by asking ourselves whether or not we are in Christ. How do you come to possess Christ? How do you know that you are in Christ? By repentance and faith. So that's how I would know on Monday morning, when I was in a great stress, is God with me in that stressful time? You shouldn't look at that. You should look at whether or not you are in Christ or not. If you are in Christ, say Amen and praise God for that, that you can be sure that God is with you and that is the message. Fourth point is this. If God's gift does not last, that's not a good gift, right? If God gives you the gift, Emmanuel, but if He takes it away a few months later or at the time when I stumble, you and I stumble, we know that. So if God says, I give you this gift of Jesus, God with you, but as soon as you start backtracking and you, 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 you fail and you stumble, I am going to take it away from you. Would that be the good news for us? I don't think so. Because no human being could sustain himself or self in this Christian life. No one can by his or her own strength. So inevitably, that gift will be taken away from me. If you do not behave, I am going to take it away from you. Then that's not going to be, be the good gift. So that is why I want you to know this great section I'm going to read for you from the Westminster Confession. And they have a bunch of uh, proof text. Chapter 17 is called The Perseverance of the Saints. I'm going to read a couple of passages, the paragraphs for you. They, that's Christians, whom God has accepted in His Beloved, that's Christ, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit, listen to this, can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. Second paragraph. This perseverance of the saints 
depends not upon their own free will, but upon, listen to this, the immutability of the decree of election flowing from the free and unchangeable love of God the Father upon the efficacy of the merit and intercession of Jesus Christ, the abiding of the Spirit and of the seed of God within them and the nature of the covenant of grace from all which arises also the certainty and infallibility thereof. It is simply saying, because you are chosen by the eternal decree of God and from unchangeable love of God the Father, and the efficacy and the merit of Jesus is infinite, and the abiding of the Holy Spirit, you will not fall away. You will not perish. That's another way of saying, once God saves you in Jesus Christ, truly, you will not fall away. God will not withdraw the greatest gift that God has given to us, Jesus Christ, from us. Why? Because it is. Your salvation is founded upon these three things. The Father, immutability of decree of election. He did not make mistake. Christ's infinite merit and Holy Spirit abides with you forever. So there is no way God is going to withdraw His gracious hand from you. Or we lose our salvation. Or God takes His gift away from us whenever we fail. No one can snatch us away from the hand of Christ and God. Last one is this. Matthew's, the, Matthew's Gospel, the last verse in Matthew 20, 28 is this. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When God says, God with us, it is in the context of God's people fearing. And let me just read from Zephaniah, this just had been, it so happened, this was my reading this week. Zephaniah chapter 3 says this. In that day, chapter 3, Zephaniah, in that day it will be said to Jerusalem, here, do not fear, O Zion, do not let your hands fall limp. Why? Because Yahweh your God is in your midst. God with you, God with us. That's why you shouldn't fear. But next verse is this. A mighty one who will save. He will be joyful over you, us, with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with joyful singing. So when we fear, that's the time that you and I should be reminded of this gracious gospel promise that God is with us in our midst, especially when we fear. That's the time you have to call upon the name of God as Emmanuel when? Not when things go well. Yes, that too. But especially when you are under great stress and fear, 
That is that precise time for which God has given His promise as Emmanuel God. And not only that, Zephaniah says, it is not simply that we should be rejoicing over that fact, but when you read it carefully, it is God who is rejoicing over you, over us, at that time when we are fearful. That, I want you to read, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. So, Emmanuel is our eternal hope, but I want you to know, Emmanuel is our daily hope as well. Hold on to it. Call upon His name as Emmanuel, especially at the time when you are fearful and under great stress. That's the time that God wants you to call His name as Emmanuel. God with me. God with us. And take courage and comfort from that great gospel. Let's pray.